Welcome to Orchard UMC's podcast. At Orchard, we endeavor to live into our mission of transforming the world by growing in faith, serving others, and sharing Jesus. Our scripture today is Matthew 28, verses 19 through 20. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always, to the very end of the age. The word of God for the people of God. God is good all the time. I'm grateful to my colleague, uh, your pastor, Amy, who called me her boss, even though I'm not, and I'm not going to ever try to be. (laughs) Because this work is God's work, and God is all of our boss. But God is a good kind of a boss, the kind of a boss that motivates and inspires. So it is a joy to be with you today and to offer a word on the theme, the missioner imperative, based on the scripture just so beautifully read. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. O God, that let the words of my mouth and meditations of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight. O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Friends, today I want to be brief. And if you knew me, brief is not two minutes. (laughs) I usually preach 45 minutes. I'll maybe try to bring it down 67%. To 15 minutes or something like that. I tried that in the first service and it was 19 minutes. And this service is not followed by another service, so who knows? The sky's the <laughs> limit. <laughs> of, uh, the setting of this scripture is Jerusalem. Jesus had just resurrected. The guards at the tomb went over into the city to the chief priest to report that he's no longer under our control. The chief priest came up with a plan, bribing those guards with a large sum of money and telling them to come up with a new narrative that Jesus' disciples and supporters had come overnight and stolen his body and hidden it somewhere. These chief priests told the guards that if ever this story were to get to the governor, we will have your back. Just tell it that way and forget about the political repercussions. We will take care of that. And that false narrative continues to this day. But for us who believe in the truth, we are the stewards of God, the bearers and the carriers of that message, that message of reconciliation We function as though God's appeal to the world is being made through us. So today, I want to speak about that imperative, that missioner imperative. 
Jesus uh, directed his disciples before his death and resurrection to meet him at the mountains. And so the disciples, despite this false narrative circulating, remember what Jesus told them. Memory is important to this pilgrimage. And so they met him at the mountain where they bowed down and worshiped him upon seeing him resurrected. Jesus spoke to them in these words, All authority in heaven and earth have been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. One version says, to obey everything that I have taught you. And remember, I will be with you to the end of the age. So today, let's focus on just the stewardship aspect, the generosity aspect of this message. Jesus had handed to each disciples that responsibility of baptizing and teaching the people of all the nations. Baptizing, teaching, that's our job. The teaching function of our job is making people to give their life over to a greater cause than the trivial. This message cuts across financial, spiritual, volitional, philosophical, theological, and ecclesial lines. It incorporates the biblical passage Love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind and strength and your neighbor as yourself. Dear friends, Orchard, each of you and each of us is asked every week, every day to give our best to the Master, our best to the Lord. The United Methodist Church calls on all of us, each of us, to love God, to serve God, to, to, to support the ministries and the mission of the church with our prayers, our presence, our gifts, our service, and our witness. And so let me illustrate by a few stories. Most Africans can't get through a statement without a story. I want to tell you a few. There was this young white American girl Growing up somewhere in the Midwest, she heard God's call as a youngster. Young people hear God even today. She heard God call her to become a medical missionary to China. So she aligned her life with that calling, went to medical school, got certified, licensed, passed her, pass her board exams, and went to the board of mission of the Methodist Church and asked to become a doctor in China. The board consecrated her, commissioned her, and sent her off to China. In China, she was at the top of her game, at the top of her world, doing exactly what God had called her to do when she was still a youngster. Then all of a sudden... Mao Zedong's cultural revolution struck China. Christian missionaries were booted out, including Hyla Waters, Dr. Hyla Waters. Returning to New York on her flight, 
she was distraught. What will become of her life now? This calling that God placed on her life, for which she had aligned her whole life. She was distraught. In New York, she struggled to find some kind of a purpose. Thank God for the older missionaries. Some of them had retired from many years of service of God around the world, and they took Hyla under their wings and began to counsel her, to help her to understand that calling that she thought she understood from way back. Sometimes we don't get the whole story until we make round again and again. I love to tell that story, the old, old story of Jesus and his love. Anyway, after counseling her, they help her understand that when God calls you, and God does call all of us, there's not a person in this world who hasn't been called. What we are called to may vary, but we are all called. Lawyers are called to fight for justice. Politicians are called to shape societies. Pastors are called to direct lives to, to the way that leads to life. All are called. They help us understand that when God calls you, anything is possible. Not just what you first thought. You have to make yourself available to a God who is universal. So Hyla Waters finally succumbed to the deeper call of God in her life and went to the board and said, I'll go anywhere. Send me anywhere. And so they told her there was an opening in Liberia for a doctor at the Ganta Methodist Hospital. And there she went. In that town, there was this African woman pregnant and about to deliver who had a, an option to go to the back bushes of the village where most women uh, delivered with the help of traditional midwives. And that was the normal thing to do when you were going to deliver. And yet in that town was a new Methodist hospital. So it was an option to the back bushes. And by the way, in the back bushes, about one out of 10 children delivered under those fairly unsanitary conditions survived to the second year. So this mother chose the road less traveled and went to the Methodist hospital to a white doctor. Now, you gotta be an African living in Africa to understand how much courage it takes for a black woman to go to a white doctor at a moment of vulnerability. But with God, all things are possible. So she went the road less traveled and delivered her baby safely. And on the way home to her farmhouse, with the baby in her arms, seated in the back seat of a pickup truck, which was the best means of public transportation in those parts, in a curve with those deep potholes, not in pavement, but just in dirt. Was like the worst version of Pontiac Demolition Derby. <laughs> in a curve, the, the pickup hit a deep ditch and tilted over, rolling and tumbling over down the ravine until it settled. In the meantime, as it tumbled, this mother clung onto her baby like an old rugged cross. 
until the tumbling stopped. Blood everywhere. This time, no one died. This time. But there were many hurt, including the mother, who had crushed her forehead against a steel and was bleeding profusely. She was rushed back seven miles down the road, back to the same hospital where Hyla Waters was still on call. This woman who thought God had called her only to China, but who had come around to this new understanding of what a mighty God we serve. She mended her wounds and two days later released this mother with the baby who was unhurt because of her mother's protective love. Greater love has no one than this. Giving your life for your friends. So they got back home safely to their farmhouse this time. And 59 years later, that baby that was born stands before you as the superintendent of the greater Detroit district, a place he never dreamed he would ever see. Story one. <laughs> Story two. Happens in Senegal. And I pick it up at a different point than this morning at nine. So the nine o'clock people can't say, why didn't we just stay for all services? Two missionaries from Iowa who had grown up in their home state, didn't know each other, but both were Methodists, and they met in college, graduated with degrees in agriculture. They got married right after their wedding and decided to settle down in the wife's home church where they focused their stewardship, helping, singing in the choir, paying their tithes, working on committees, working with the children, the youth. I mean, they were just like ushered members all over the place, tarrying in the tabernacle for God. But, and they had secular jobs where they made a lot of money in agriculture. They were getting wealthy, very young, even thinking that they could retire early and just go to the Caribbean, cruise their way to the sunset. <laughs> but there was something missing in their lives they kept wondering, what is it? We have everything it seems that a person needs, but something is missing. Until the wife discovered a voice, that inner voice that, that our children's sermon has said today, speaking to her, calling her to be a missionary. Now, an agricultural major, what kind of missionary would that be? Oh, with God, all things are possible. And so she told her husband, and he said, maybe we should try this. And their families tried to dissuade them. But when God calls you and you hear it yourself, nothing can stop you. Neither life, nor death, nor principalities, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation shall separate or can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. So skipping through all the details, they became missionaries. But when they got to Senegal, they couldn't identify themselves as missionaries because the country is 97% Islamic. The remaining 3% are not all Christians either. 
And so they call themselves agriculture consultants. You know, consultants will work anywhere. They began to help those rural farmers in the Sahara region of, of, of Senegal where crop wouldn't grow. But with their expertise and knowledge in agriculture, they helped the local farmers to find ways to bud and graft seeds and seedlings and plants and for the appropriate climatic conditions until those, those uh, farmers who used to produce so little, not even enough to feed themselves, began to produce enough to take access to the markets to feed others. Life was becoming better. After about 12 years, one day in the uh, rice fields, a local Senegalese farmer was standing next to this male missionary as the sun was setting against the western sky. And they were about to call it a day. The Senegalese in French turned to the American and said, why are you like this? So the American was a little bit sh uh, uh, sh uh, shocked. What, like what? He asked. To which the Senegalese said, the way you are, you and your wife, we never knew you before. We never asked you to come to our country. You just arrived and you came to our parts of the country. And for 12 years, you've been helping us. We do not pay you. We gave you nothing. And you just keep helping us. You've helped us now to have bank accounts, to be able to afford to send our children to, to, to school, to be able to go to hospitals, to even own cars. You've changed our lives. What's wrong with you? And so that man told the Senegalese, how many of you want to know the answer to that question? He said, all of us, all of us for 12 years, when you and your wife turn your backs, we gossip about you <laughs> and wonder what's wrong with these white people. <laughs> so he said, well, can you collect all, gather all of the people who have this question? and come to our house Friday evening, we will have dinner, which is the appropriate Senegalese way to have conversations. You never have conversation with a hungry person. It's gonna be acrimony. <laughs> so he says, uh, if you can do that, my wife and I will be ready to answer your question. But we want to answer it only once. So bring as many. So next Friday comes around, they have prepared food, and they look out, and there was a, a throng of people coming. So they said, maybe there's some demonstration in town somewhere else. But the throng came right to the front door of their house. Of course, they had to cook more food. <laughs> After eating, the man who had raised those questions in the fields then stood up, almost as if he had been elected through a democratic process by the crowd. He stood up, he said, well, we want to thank you. We want to thank you for inviting us, for your hospitality and the fellowship of this evening. But we really didn't come for that today. We want answer to our question. What's wrong with you? <laughs> Why are you like this? Our government is not like this. Our mosques are not like this. Why? What makes you like this? So the husband and wife went back inside and came out with an old Bible that had been collect collecting Saharan dust for 12 years. They opened it and held it up. 
They said there's a man called Jesus who changed our lives in Iowa. Iowa is a state in the heart of a great nation, a very large nation. You could get lost in Iowa and never know what else exists in the world. But Jesus made us realize there's a world bigger than our home. And there are people in need who needed us. That God had made us to make a difference beyond our own families. And because of Jesus, we are like this. We now have discovered the meaning of life, the purpose of life, why we exist. And that's why we are here. And since we came here, we have had the best time of our lives. We now feel that we, are, we have a purpose. As we see you and your children flourish. So the crowd asks back, who is Jesus? Bible study began that night. Twelve years after being in missionary service, and some people in America saying, let's bring them back because we don't see any new disciples. Twelve years. But when you plant a seed and nurture it right, it is God who brings it to glorious bud. We are the planters of seeds or stewards. And we exist in this world not to amuse ourselves to death, but to do God's bidding so that God's will may be done on earth as it is in heaven. Dear friends, that's why we are here. Every skyscraper will one day be dust. Every PhD will one day not even be consequential. But every relationship based on the love of God that lifts up falling humanity when we stand before the throne of judgment and by the way all judgment should be reserved until then. then we will be called upon to answer. Did you do what I told you? To go to every nation, to baptize them, to teach them to observe, to obey everything I commanded you? The Bible is loaded with stories of stewardship, just in case you don't understand it in English, you might understand it in German or Swahili or Shona or Chinese. But it's the same story over and over again, narrated from the Old to the New Testament, from Genesis to, to Revelation. God is knocking on our door. If anyone hears God's voice and opens the door, Christ will come in and be with you and will be with you all the way to the end. And then may, at that point, God be able to say to you, well done. You see, well done is not saying great. 
a really biblically well done means? Considering your limitations, considering your humanity, you, you try. You try hard for somebody like you. And so God will say, well done. I'll finish it off for you. Come and inherit what I set for you even before you were born. Amen. Amen. Let us pray. Oh God, help us accept each other. Help us accept you so that everything will be all right. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Thank you. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We hope you have been enriched by the word proclaimed. We'd love to hear from you. Drop us a line at ministry at orchardumc.org. You can find out more about Orchard by going to our website at www.orchardumc.org.